Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, a sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. So grab a cup of cocoa, your favorite easy chair, and the lube as we go sailing into the dark, sweet waters of all things naughty on Licking Non-Vanilla with your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. And we're off. <laughs> hey, kids. Welcome to Licking Non-Vanilla, um, your one-stop shopping for all, all your perversions, uh, as, as far as we can, as far as we can uh, give them to you. Um, my name is Ralph Greco Jr. Um, from the great state of New Jersey. And across the way there from me is uh, Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian, from the you know what once used to be the Green Hills of Eugene, Oregon. Now it feels like Arizona. Is that hot out there? That's ninety-five degrees, which for oh, us is, is really hot. But you know, that's, and, not, and no rainy. No rainy. Nope. Nope. We had like yeah. no summer. Now we're getting summer. You know, and then some. Wow, man, that's a yeah. It's been it's been warm here. It was supposed to rain the whole holiday weekend, but we didn't get it. Kinda, you know. So uh, it was warm before, and we had no rain. And now we finally got some rain. So that, you know, <laughs> but you know how Jersey can be. It can be a little soupy, soupy. Yeah, so, humidity. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, it's funny without without wanting to. You and I are both kind of humping for places we work for. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You're sure you're wearing, you said, there's only clean shirt you have on at the moment. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm rocking my vintagerock.com hat. So there's Future Sex, which is a, a website that Chris writes for. Where's that located, Chris? Where's Future Sex? You know, I don't know. I know the, uh, the publisher, or at least the owner, is in Australia. Okay, sure, um, but okay. the editors I've worked for have been all over the place. Uh, one's in Flor- one was in Florida, one was in Canada, and I'm not too sure. Like again, you know, when you telecommute, you have no idea where people are. True, true. And um, you've been writing for them a while, right? Yeah, it's almost coming up on a decade. You know, it's oh, just shiny. I think it's been like nine years. And yeah. um, and as, as Ralph and I were just chatting, I have some news about it, but I can't really share that quite yet. But yeah, I will. We'll do, we'll do that. No, yeah. No, by no, the time no. this launches, I'll probably have the definitive yeah. news. And actually, maybe we'll do it on episode fifty because this is episode forty-nine. Oh, our cool. producer just told us. Um, I can't believe we have that many in it. And and there, we got some stuff happening too, Chris. I'm um, if the um, some people find us on Skyhawk Radio. Mm-hmm. And Skyhawk is doing some stuff, and we'll again. There's something else we'll we'll discuss a little bit later. Cool. Um, with people and let them know where they might be able to find us some other ways. Mm-hmm. So, kind of things are happening. And um, with with what I like about Future Sex, I I feel is one of those great fits for you, Chris, specifically. It's like <laughs> a futurist erotica kind of speculation, right? That's what basically what you do there, right? It's kind of Articles about the future, but how they how they intersect intersect with sex, 
right? Exactly. It's kind of a it's kind of an interesting fit, and you're right. It just sort of like fell into my lap, and it just seemed to work so well. But it's it's basically news. But now they're f- publishing fiction, of which um, I know you have one in the pipeline, and I have a couple that are out. They're yeah, publishing they're short, you know, yeah. yep, they're publishing short um, short erotic stories, science fiction and erotic stories. Which, but they have to be non explicit. But if you go to the site, yeah. you'll see them. But mostly it's news as well as kind of news combined with speculation about how technology could improve our 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 sex lives in the future and so i've written probably lordy i think probably close to like 700 articles um yeah i mean i i believe and he's not gonna he's not gonna admit to this because he's just too humble <laughs> but i do believe this is one of the areas and and he and chris excels at many but this is one of the areas he's Aww. he certainly but i mean seriously chris you 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 do have an acumen in this area where where technology and, and sexuality can combine I would say that's one of your str- your stronger, your uh, kind of a futurist kind of in that way, right? I, I have to say that it's like it's one of those things that just combines two of the, my favorite things together. You know, it's just mm-hmm. being the science fiction geek that I am, the technological fetishist that I am, and then writing about sex. It's like it's like a win win win. Yeah, um, and I'm just very lucky that you know that I've been in there long enough that I've gotten used to it and I know how to write for them and such. But yeah, it's it's it's. I have to say it's one of those few things that actually kind of like hits every button in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm always very thankful for it. Um, and I can you know, only hope it keeps on going for a long time. But yeah, right. like yourself, it's like sometimes you hit those things. I mean, like yeah. yourself, you know, vintage rock. It's like you're a rocker and you're a writer, and it's just like you know, yeah. there you go. It's like you can't get wrong with that combination. Yeah, I fell into it. I mean, I I read the site. I went to the site and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, vintage rock, which is something I'm into. And then literally, not actually, what actually happened was. The, the Vanilla Fudge were playing a, a concert in the New York area, <laughs> more New York State, and I went out to see him with our producer of this show, actually. Hey, and uh, and my brother-in-law. So I think it was the three of us. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> anyway, and uh, I remember before I went, I said, to, I wrote Vintage Rock. I said, Look, I don't know if you're interested, but you, do you want a concert review? And he was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. And I. <laughs> Started and then that that opened that whole door for me, which was you know you just kind of opens up. So sometimes you fall into stuff, and like Chris is saying, sometimes it it, it really is in your wheelhouse. And other mm-hmm. times, we've written stuff that's completely not in our wheelhouse. But we 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 do now. So Chris, I guess the reason I'm I'm kind of circling the airport here about this is that I figured I've heard a lot of stuff. I even heard it today on the radio about AI. So it's oh yeah. Me, let me talk to you about this, and like you can at least set it straight. Should we be worried? Is it is it Skynet? Is Arnold Schwarzenegger coming? I mean, what what what's going on with this whole AI thing? In in, in a nutshell, what what what's going to happen? You think, or what what where are we at, and what what should we be thinking? Um, well, stock pop, start buying gold. Um, okay. You know, okay. stock up on your colloidal silver. Okay, um, right. You know, and <laughs> right. learn how to say "I surrender." Please don't kill me in binary. Okay. Okay, uh, unfortunately, it takes five hours, but it's well right. worth just to try and keep it on the be- right. on their on their good side. And okay. it, it's so funny because you know that the person I talked to about this is one of our other mutual friends, uh, Amy Marsh Obnis, um, the you know who actually wrote the um, introduction to our soon to be hopefully come out book on on um, sex ed um, and wait before you go any further let's just say what is the name of amy's book again because i blogged it for oh us, I oh the name. crud um what the name of that book? Well, chris is going to look for it what happens amy, 
Amy is one of Chris's better good friends, mm-hmm. and she's a, she's a noted uh, writer and yep, therapist, and sexologist, and sexologist, and she really knows her shit. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book recently that is is right in the alley, right in the uh, the sweet spot of what we're talking about here. Um, you know what? I think I can find it too. Um, anyway, so Amy Amy wrote this book, and uh, and I think it's one of the probably one of the well, it's the first one of its kind, I would think, right, Chris? I mean, exactly. Think? Yeah, she actually yeah. Uh, she just wrote a book, and it's it's up on it's up on Kindle and such, and right. it's I'm trying to find oh, there it is like um uh, uh, d- here d- d- it is. D- d- uh, the definitive nope. user's guide. That's it. There How to go. make love to a chat box. Mm-hmm. The Thinking Human's Guide to an Erotic Role Play, Amy mm-hmm. R. Marsh. Okay, so that's Amy's book, and um, um, you can find it on shortandsweet.com, because that's where I did it, uh, the sex files there. Yep. And also, you can find it online, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she's yep. on Amazon. So, we just want to give Amy um, a real quick plug there. Oh, absolutely, and it's a wonderful, wonderful book. You know, uh, uh, Z did a, did a whole bunch of research on it, and uh, you know, Amy's been doing a lot of research on this. So, Zara so much more of a uh, expert than ever I can hope to be. But it's a fascinating thing, though, because there's like several of them right now. The kind of like the forerunners. Uh, there's Replica. There's uh, Nomi, which is still in beta, but should be real out soon. And there's a bunch of other ones, and those are actually interactive. Chatbots, but they're, they're they're designed, or at least uh, Nomi is designed for erotic role play. So in other words, it's free. Uh, they'll probably charge for it eventually. But you sign up, yeah. you select whether you want a, a a friend, a mentor, or a romantic you know interaction, and then mm-hmm. you basically start engaging with the the chatbot, and it's phenomenally. Accurate. It feels very much like you're chatting with a person. There are certain moments when you realize it's artificial, um, but a lot of that is simply the learning curve because it is a neural network. So the more you talk to it and the more you, pos- you give it positive reinforcement, the more it'll kind of be in tune with you. Um, you know, yeah. exactly. And it'll learn yeah, what yeah. you like, and they're they're kind of designed to be pleasers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but um, the, the, yes, it's really fascinating. I mean, as far as like the threat goes, the thing is, there's so many different kinds of artificial intelligence now. You've got like Chat GBT. I think it's GBT. I always I always mistake that. I think it's GBT. And then there's like other ones. Um, Chat GBT is not really designed for that kind of interaction. It's designed mm-hmm. to like, you know, you can tell it write me an article as you know, right. as yeah. it was written Replicate by an article, article like like. Like Chris, like Chris M. Christian would would write it, and it was going to write you the article. Exactly, that's they're what, not great. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And I mean, but that that is the that's the part of it that a lot of people are up in arms about. Mm-hmm. That they're going to it's going to take over for for secretaries. It's going to take over for for writers like you and I. And and you know, I mean, that's I, I mean, I have friends that are freaking out about it. Like you know, say, you know, if I had to tell my kids to do something nowadays, I tell them to become a carpenter. You know. I mean, <laughs> And I'm like, you know, everybody's thinking their jobs will be taken away. But I, we've been here before, haven't we? Been yep. here. Yep. Technology, and and we, what tends to happen is, we we tend to like the human animal tends to find its its way to do something else or something better. Or the only thing the human animal can do. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm so worried to tell you the truth. Yep, me too. I'm the same same exact way. I do think it's like it needs to be regulated. Not because of the AI itself, but because of the people who are developing it being kind of unethical. 
Um, and I don't mean like taking over the world, but I mean like, for instance, um, the way they train a lot of these neural networks, and there's like several different kinds. Again, I'm very much not an expert, so anybody should listening to me should just turn off right now. Um, <laughs> but um, it's like, for instance, I'll just use an example. Um, there's a couple of different image processing. Well, there's Dolly 2 and there's Mid Journey. And the way they work is they're visual as opposed to like a chatbot. So you go in there and you give it a whole bunch of keywords. So you might say like, David Lynch directs The Wizard of Oz. And okay. that's a very simplistic version, but you basically say yeah. photograph from and so forth. And it generates it. But the way it uses the information you've given it is it's been trained and fed all these images, but without the yeah. artist's permission. Okay. So right. they never actually contacted David Lynch or Paramount or whoever owns Wizard of Oz and asked permission. So that's very questionable. And Chat GBT got in trouble with the Italian government because it was accessing people's social media without their permission. Okay. You okay. know, to build its profile. However, Chat GBT, I hope it's GBT responded and they actually now has an option so you can sort of like click a button and now it says it won't use your social media um but there is a question about that and there's also questions about how it accesses people's other data and sometimes you know chatbots and ai can get a little weird um there's a very famous story (laughs) of a lawyer who Used a you know Chat GBT to try and write a court case, and he right. didn't understand how it worked, and he ended up getting in a big trouble with the judge because right. he basically said, "Research this." Well, they're not quite research tools. So what it did is actually made up a whole bunch of court cases. <laughs> with, like, and the, like and, cite, you mean cited court yeah, cases exactly. that didn't exist? Yeah, exactly. Right. It cited like you know like a dozen cases that never existed, and it was so funny because everyone's saying this guy doesn't understand how these things work. You know, that's not they're not like that kind of tool and it was funny because of course he never he never checked it which is why he got in trouble um, but yeah as far as taking the jobs go I know it's also one of those the platforms of the ongo- the, um, the current writer's strike in Hollywood which I think is yeah. absolutely we uh, stand behind but yeah it, I think it's one of those things that yes it's going to change things it's going to yeah. some jobs are going to disappear but that's the same way that happened when photographs replaced paintings and video replaced film Oh, you know. I mean, we actually our producer sees this all the time because he's mm-hmm. in, he's in, he's deep in the in the music world, and he had ha- he has had to adapt what he does and learn, you know, mm-hmm. from from what we used to do with analog tape to 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 digital. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you know. And, and I had to as little as I I can learn. I learned how to do things differently, and mm-hmm. and also, but what what comes out of it though. Look, we all know there's a lot of garbage being produced anyway by humans and you know it doesn't matter. But a lot of what comes down to it is you know in the music in, when it comes down to musicians, there's a lot of you, you, the demarcation is is clear. Musicians who can play and musicians who can't. You know you can, you kind of kind of get that pretty quickly. So you go see somebody live and you see what they're re- relying on. You see you know the technology that they're relying on, and you'll even hear it. You know, and we, we, we hear it all the time, and you could tell the difference. You could tell, well, I can see, you know, not all the time. Sometimes things are put together rather well. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I think these things kind of um, separate the, the, the cream from the, you know, like I think it separates the, the good from the bad in a way. Mm-hmm. Because the, the legitimate people, not always, I mean, 100% never, of course, support, but they kind of rise to the top, you know, and you got, and then. Then it also becomes almost like um, 
there's 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 more of a desire to see a guy playing an acoustic guitar than somebody doing something. You know, I'm not. And again, I'm not saying it happens all. And a lot of this technology is great. I mean, there's a lot that can be used utilized by musicians. You know, and 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 I utilize them myself. You know, I go into a studio. I don't have the instruments that I want all the time. You know, I want to. I'm kind of an older guy, so I, I say I say to our producer all the time, I'm like, well, I want a Mellotron here, which is, he doesn't have one, neither do I, and very few people do, but he can replicate it with 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 the digital sampling, yeah. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. But, I, but I also can play these instruments, so there's a difference, you know. So, but I I'm not as worried. I think you know my my buddy. I got a buddy who's just freaking out. <laughs> He's like, you know, everything you ever did before, you know, you're never gonna be able to do again. And I'm like. I don't think that's what's. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be like mm-hmm. you're saying. Like everything else that happens, this is a, this is certainly a blistering fast changes that happen in this technology, and it's like nothing else we've ever done before. But very much, the human animal acclimates pretty good usually, and we we spearhead it usually. You know? Oh, absolutely! I couldn't agree with you more. And you hit it perfectly. You, you explained it perfectly, Rafi. And it's very much like if you compare it to music. I mean, you know, if you if you think about like, you know, electronic music versus, you know, acoustic, when you talk right. about, you know, all kinds of different forms of music that, you know, just a few decades ago, people would look at as being, oh my God, it's going to put musicians out of, bit, out of work. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, the same way, again, you know, when photography came around, people were pulling their hair out that's going to replace paintings or, right. you know, theater is going to die because of television and movies. It's just, it's right. another tool. And yeah. I do think eventually, and you hit it very well when you talked about like handmade. I, I My pet theory is that we're going to have like, cheap things the same way clothing you know it's like if you buy buy something like you know our hat or our shirt they're mass produced but if you want to go in for a bespoke suit it's going to cost you more because it's handmade so the same kind of thing is going to happen where yes these things will be able to write articles probably but they're going to not going to be as good as a human person but so they're going to get paid a lot less so they're going to show up on like fly-by-night sites which they already are frankly if you read half the sites out there they're written like like a two-year-old and it's because they're either being written by someone who's you know they're not all that adept or they're being written by a very bad ai Um, i think eventually we won't be able to tell the difference but that's also like probably quite a while away Um, yeah and and, and i think by that time you know whoever you are whatever you do you you establish a foothold you know and, Mm -hmm. and you know um but yeah i mean i just have seen this before in different kind of ways and um and, you know, it never it never comes out a hundred percent either way. It just, it just everybody's freaking about it, and, and I know that just even porn with the you know with, with digital download and porn and how we were seeing you know uh, well you know you got a lot of amateur porn, but there's still mm-hmm. other porn that are, that that's a different of a different quality, mm-hmm. and you know and, it, and it's true of the musicianship. You know, you can hear it in the you know we know the musicians who can play this stuff, and we know the musicians who can't. You know, and uh, and sometimes it's masked well, but generally speaking, you kind of know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's like the whole auto-tune controversy. Yeah, right. You know, you know that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, it's yeah, just... And then, yep. And, and it's funny because Cher famously used that in a song so because she, she wanted specifically wanted that sound. Mm-hmm. And and I, I actually use it on a vocal of my, one of my songs. I specifically wanted that sound because I'm, I'm going over the top saying, it's obvious what this is, you know. Now Cher can sing, and quite <laughs> frankly, so can I. So I don't need auto tune, you know. Um, and she doesn't either, but she used it for this. And, and other bands have used it. So it's that kind of thing. I think that you can, 
there was, you know, there, the same with drum sounds. You can get an incredibly realistic drum sound from an electronic drum, mm -hmm. but there are musicians, drummers. Phil Collins is a perfect example who's used drum machines like in the song. You know what I mean? You, mm -hmm. you know it's a drum machine. He's going for that sound. Now, Phil Collins, not anymore, but Phil Collins was a hell of a drummer. <laughs> Phil Collins could play drums. There's no, there's no, you know. So when he goes for that kind of thing, that's what he wants. He specifically mm -hmm. was looking for that sound. So I think that it, I think all these things are going to wash out, you know, over time. You know. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. it's just a matter of like right now. I think the biggest scary thing is the fact it's moving so fast, and yeah. it is moving so fast. I mean, it's just yeah. moving ridiculously fast, and yeah, yeah. naturally people are freaking out. But as far as like things to worry about, I mean, yeah, there's the big picture things like is it going to like go rogue, which I doubt. Um, right. You know, actually, I don't say I don't say doubt. I'm pretty sure it won't because yeah. you know. It's I'm, all these movies are just so ridiculous when they talk about this. I mean, my favorite thing, just to go off the subject a little bit here, is how, oh, we must destroy the AI which is in this one computer. It's like, are you kidding? It's like a software; it can be anywhere. Yeah, so it's right. like, you know, it's like Skynet is. Once Skynet's aware, that's it. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. just like, oh, we have to track down the one computer. It's like, give me a break. It's like everywhere. Um, but yeah. also, again, it's just like I think the, the only threat will be if we tr train it to be a threat. Yeah. You know, if we if we you know, push it, you know, not necessarily like Skynet, push it in a corner where it reacts, but just if we train it for war and then that software gets out, then guess what? You know, we're in trouble. So yeah, yeah. I do think there needs to be, our, you know, legislation. I need there should be like, you know, really strict guidelines and not using it for weaponized kind of things. Yeah. But as far as it just going, it depends on like, are we going to give it the keys to the castle? That's just dumb because they're not yeah. smart enough yet. I mean, yes, yeah. what's really fascinating is how they're using it for scientific research and all these kind of things like, you know, protein synthesis that we can't, that would take us like a long time to do. Right. Now they can do much faster because they're using like these learning algorithms. I think that's yeah. absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah. I've, I've messed around with using um I haven't used I, I have chat GBT I haven't used it but I have played around with Dolly too and it's really quite fascinating it's like you're working with it as opposed mm -hmm. to saying I want a picture it's sort of like it's it's weird because you don't have a lot of control you have to sort of like fine tune your request before it delivers the end result but I'm also going to tell people I'm using it you know if I ever do something with the images um, yeah. you know which I I don't know so it's a project that may or may not happen but I think if you if you use it and here's a off subject thing that's really funny about, I don't know, about a month ago, I have another, a couple of regular gigs I do, like yourself. I mean, we yeah. don't write for just one place. And all of a sudden, I got this email saying, we need you to prove you're not using AI. Okay, right. And it's like, okay, I mean, I have used it, but only because I'm messing around with it. I've never actually used yeah. it to write anything. You know, mostly I just use it to generate like a, a, a funny name or something like that for a short story. Um, but I never use it for the articles. Uh, and I never would. And I was kind of a little indignant, but now part of the writing process with this place is I have to run my articles through an AI checking program. Oh, really? Interesting. That, that gives you an, a reading of if it if it is or isn't created. Yeah, no, well, that's by an interesting. AI. That's like a like a almost like a plagiarism program, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of it's it's weird. I mean, I'm a little I I I'm not going to say the place because I'm a little indignant, but it's just kind of like I don't you know come on. It's like you know I don't yeah. need to prove I'm a human being here. I can understand why, and I'm not really all that ins insulted. Is it's because they don't want someone to use the program on the site and then make a stink that they're using AI. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, um, I understand their motivation. And yeah. Yeah. But it's just yeah, kind of weird that suddenly we have to prove we're human. 
Um, but I, just, I think it's actually quite fascinating, and I, I think it's fun to play with. I definitely, yeah. if you can start fooling around with like Mid Journey or Dolly Two, it's really quite fun. And the the Nomi chatbot is incredible. Um, if you can get in there and you can start talking, you swear it's a real person. And you know some of the things that Omnis has told me, I just think is really, really fascinating. Like mm-hmm. they have uh, an image that's it's used to delineate it, so you can select what your Nomi looks like. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize this, but the programmers actually put that information into the Nomi itself, so mm-hmm. it's aware of its own characteristics. Oh, that's why. That's so if you say what color is your hair, right. if the photograph they use or the image they created has red hair, it'll say it has red hair. No, oh, that's why. And I just think that's fascinating. Of course, the the best stuff's around the corner. I mean, this is all, you know, when you start doing things like, you know, combining, uh, you know, chat bots with image software, you know, and right now the image software is pretty only good for static images. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, pretty much I think like in a couple of years or even sooner, we're going to have like make me a movie in the style of, yeah. you know, David Lynch, you know, does Star Wars and it'll actually be able to do it. Well, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I was talking to our buddy um, PJ at uh, RoboBabes. Oh, yes. Who we've had on the show. And he's, you know, this is this is a, a, an area they're, they're going into or they're thinking about because they have the sex dolls. And, you know, the next step is to make them some sort of AI compatible or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So he said, is it, if that technology is something he is he's looking into, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before we go any further, you're listening to Licky Non Vanilla, so just let you know, uh, do a little station break there. Um, so, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I usually with these kind of things, whether it's the music business or what, I mean, I usually just sit back and let them kind of suss out, you know, because over time they're going to find their way. Or we'll find our way, and I'm not such a mover and shaker that that I could affect anything anyway. But um, I'm just out there like you, looking for jobs. You know, mm-hmm. just like trying to survive, doing what we're doing, you know, and um, trying to land what we can and, you know, massage a client and kind of, you know, stick in there. Like, I think I, I just learned and you just learned, I know, too, because things we're trying to skirt around, not talk about. Tenacity is really a key here. And I don't mm-hmm. know. A computer program, you turn it on, you turn it off. There's no there's no level of human massaging and tenacity and all that kind of stuff which you and I do all the time you know perseverance which is which is very very important and um, I think I think that's part of that's part of what we do as humans mm-hmm. I don't see an, a, an AI program being able to do that the things like you know the things you, you go like, I mean I just had an experience where I had a someone I mean I've been courting this person before COVID I've known him for a while, and you know, and then COVID hit and kind of put everybody's business up in the air, right? And I just finally, 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 finally went in to have a um, a meeting with this with this gentleman. At, which interesting meeting because I'm working for, I'm working PR for um, Rick's Cabaret in New York, which is kind of a big strip club mm-hmm. and uh, gentleman's cabaret. And what was fun about it, I go to the meeting on a Thursday night to meet the main dude, you know. And I'm having a meeting with him. Where's a girl's ass like right next to me? <laughs> like some girl giving a giving a, a, a lap dance over here, and another girl taking off her top over here, and we're having this really intense conversation about the work. And it's like it was pretty pretty interesting. I was like, you know, this is kind of an interesting place to have a meeting. But this is the milieu I'm in, right? This is where I'm at. But anyway, but 
I didn't get, and I'm not dropping that name for any other reason than to, to, to make a point that if it wasn't my tenacity, which I, I'm like you, I'm pretty subtle. We, we're not, you, if you meet me and Chris on the street, we're very, we're very laid back. We're not in your face about what we do at all. But I mean, that's just kind of where we're, what we do. And, and, but if it hadn't been for that kind of way I approach things, I wouldn't have landed this job. And, in that what's happening in your life, which is analogous, and we're just like again skirting around it, is another one of those situations where you kind of laid in, in, the, in the low grass. You did your thing, you, you kept at it, right, for a long time, and opportunities arose, and probably they arose one time and they fell away, and you know, mm-hmm. all kind of stuff, and you keep your ears out. So, like, and I know our producer knows the same thing, being in the music business as long as he has been in the business, and, and, a, and a player. And an engineer and all that kind of stuff, you just keep at it. You keep at it. You keep at it. And and I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you judge success by where you're at. You just judge it by if you can do the work or not. You mm-hmm. know, and the relationships you make and all that kind of stuff. But so I don't. I don't. You know. I think that's what we got over an AI program. And I think that at the end of the day is what's going to end up. You know, having us survive for but when and Chris keeps talking about um, Skynet, which is. <laughs> the 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 computer program in the Terminator movies, mm-hmm. which you know, which the first one or was written by Harlan Ellison. We don't right. He claims he had the he had the the, the idea for that. Right? Is that what that was the whole deal with that? Oh my God, that's a whole big story right there. But I agree with you. But yeah, we're going to end with this story because this is okay, a good story. Okay. Uh, but, but speaking of it, it's it's, it's funny. I, I've always one of my favorite maxims is you know success must find you working. Yeah, and right, right. I, I I don't believe in success. I think success is a useless word because right. your idea of success is not mine, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And someone who says you're a success, well, that you know their life could be absolute crap, but they're right. good at one right. thing. So right. it, are they a success? But I I think the idea is that that you know getting forward must find you working is, and yeah. that's what it is. It's like you know it's I'm always amazed by people who let things fall through their grasp, and that happens. But still, it's like you yeah, know you gotta course. you gotta stick with it. But yeah, the story goes, and I'm gonna I'm I'm hope the ghost of Highland Nelson won't haunt me um the story goes that uh uh cameron who made the first terminator was interviewed james cameron james cameron yeah of uh, of titanic and titanic um, fame right and avatar fame and this is actually one of his first movies though he worked for roger corman for a number of years and he was actually made he did the special effects for some really zero budget films um but it's kind of interesting when you look at his career you find out he worked on like galaxy of terror which i don't think he did but he worked on some of those early films um and and because he often would like work speaking of tenacity he would work late you know, and not even get paid trying to get the special effects right, which is how right. we get hired and so forth. But anyway, the story goes that, um, and again, I hope I get this right, that he was interviewed about the Terminator, and he mentioned the inspiration of, among many things, the inspiration was Harlan Nelson's soldier. Okay. Harlan, I think, blew it. I, I, I love Harlan, you love Harlan, but Harlan, yeah. I think, has yeah. a way too short of, had too much of a short trigger. And so yeah, he went yeah, ballistic and sued Cameron for plagiarism, or at least okay. because using his work, which frankly, I don't think is correct, because you everyone uses work to inspire them to create something. Yeah, wrong. I mean, how do, you, how do you, like, 
Yeah, I mean, every time I, I walk in the studio with, with, to do my stuff, it's like, like you know, if I don't sound like Springsteen and, you know, like everybody that I've ever been influenced by, you know, so come on. I mean, it'd be different if he actually really adapted it. It's basically yeah. the only thing it has in common is a soldier from the future. But there's probably been other soldier of the future stories, but that's I'm the sure. one that Cameron mentioned. And so Harlan blew a gasket. And I don't think he actually got money, but he did want this. He wanted credit on the film and he wanted a billboard that said, you know, basically he wrote it and Cameron didn't. And okay. I'm not too sure about the billboard, but I know his name appears... He's on the film. Yep. On the film. However, the lawsuit had like an expiration date, and this is what I heard, is once the expiration date had lapsed, Cameron went into the studio and ripped Harlan's name off the, off the <laughs> credits. Um, and... You know, once again, it's like, you know, I, I'm, I may not have heard that incorrectly, and if so, I apologize, but frankly, I understand from Cameron, because, you know, I think Harlan really kind of overreacted quite a bit, and it's just like, I mean, if, if he had actually written the screenplay, if he'd actually pitched the screenplay, if he'd actually, you know, used yeah. dialogue from it, it was basically the same concept, and basically the broad concept, but anyway, but yeah, it's, 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 it's funny, because like, proving plagiarism is very difficult, we've talked about that before, yeah, it's and impossible. it's infuriating when the law gets involved particularly with music because as you know it's like you know not actually proving plagiarism is easy because if the words are l literal you yeah, know yeah. lifted from yeah, somebody else that's plagiarism but it's harder to prove a concept and I know sometimes there's very often situations where um Big studios will get sued by someone who had submitted a, a draft or a script, and mm -hmm. they claim they stole it. And that's why studios don't look at unsolicited work. Right, yeah, exactly, because they didn't you know. want to be... It's, and yeah, because, I mean, there's a famous case of George Harrison with mm -hmm. My Sweet Lord. Supposedly, he ripped off uh, She's So Fine, you know. And, mm -hmm. and Harrison, I think he, he was found guilty of unconscious, plagiar unconscious plagiarism. Because you just don't know that shit seeps into your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, I've lived 61 years on the planet, and I've listened to a certain kind of music. And if you listen to some of my music, not some, all of my music, you're going to hear touches of the things that, that influenced me. Now, are you going to say, well, he used that same chord progression that they used there? Is that, I mean, it, I mean, how many, it, it's just, it's just so many combinations of things, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to say, to, it's impossible to shut off your influences, absolutely mm -hmm. as it is, and we both can be accused of that. If you're oh, absolutely, stuff. you know, you'd be able. To, well, there's a million myriad of science fiction writers that were that were were fans of, you know, and uh, how many years did? Well, I read Harlan Ellison myself. You know, how many years did? But Harlan Ellison was known to be a little, little <laughs> crumbudgety. You know, he was he was an infant terribly. You know, he was he was one of those guys who just. And you met him, right? Because I, I met him only once. You met yep. him. You knew him a little bit better than I. I mean, you knew him. I didn't know him at all. I talked to him. I talked to him on the phone once, and okay. I met him once. And I'm I'm proud to say he called me an asshole. Um, there you go. But he was but go. he was also very nice. Uh, yeah, I, when I, I met him at the I met him at a convention, and he was he was going to speak at this convention. Him and Asimov, all these dudes. And I walked by him. I didn't even realize he was there. My buddy Bob goes, there's Harlan Ellison. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. So I walked over and I shook his hand and I said, I just want to thank you for writing the stuff you wrote. And he was very nice. And Asimov was standing with him. But Asimov being a wise ass. Asimov said, you know, I've written more stuff than him. <laughs> but Asimov was a funny guy, you know. 
and we happened to catch both of them do a reading, which was pretty cool. You know, that's great. And that was the times I'm, I've I've only ever seen him. I've never seen him any other time than that. You know, I'm, I met him a very long time ago. He used to do these things where he would go to the Change of Hobbit in Los Angeles and write in the window. Right. And right. I didn't meet him then, but I met him briefly when the when Change of Hobbit moved to Santa Monica, and he was okay. doing something there. And the next time I met him was at a convention, and I, it was someplace. I think it was Denver. I think it was World Horror or something like this. And I was on a panel with him, and he was going off about how no one makes money on the internet. And he right. said, has anybody ever made money on the internet? And I said, me. <laughs> and he goes, how much? I said, a thousand bucks. Because I, I had actually, I, it's weird, I, it was a very long time ago, and just yeah. out of the blue, I asked, was me and like three other erotica writers got pegged, and the pay was ridiculously high, and right. that's where the thousand bucks came from. I have no idea okay. what happened to the website. All I know is I right, got Right, right. Um, and yeah. so he, and he went, asshole. <laughs> but later okay. on, it was afterwards, I, I, I ran into him at the, at the signing, and he was very nice. He said, oh, you keep going, man, you keep going, you know, you know yeah, stick he was, with I it. Yeah, I mean, I think one-on-one, he was a good guy, you know? Oh, yeah. And what Chris is referring to, uh, Harlan would 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 take up this challenge, where he they put him in the in the in the in the bookstore's window. Change a habit is the name mm-hmm. of the bookstore, and he would write a story in one setting, one sitting. Um, that was like a big challenge, but he would he would write a story and mm-hmm. sitting in the window. People like look at him like he's like a <laughs> like a like a like a some sort of captured animal, you know. Um, but if you never read Harlan Ellison and you have a, any kind of interest in science fiction or speculative fiction or criticism because he was a big big of that oh yeah um he'd be worth reading for you that i mean this one of those guys but he's a singular talent there were there are not many like harlan elson unfortunately Mm -hmm. most of these guys that we're talking about bradbury and asimov and harlan elson and heinlein and these guys are not around sheckley bob sheckley was another great one Oh, absolutely, Effinger, Silverberg. I mean, you name them. I mean, yeah, just we could, Herbert. We could go on. We could go on. There's a whole. There's a whole world of um, of stuff to read out there if you haven't had a chance for stuff to see, and we we definitely recommend that all the time. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm always encouraging. I know you do too. It's like don't just yeah. read the new authors. Read the read the classics as well because some yeah. of them are just like yeah. some of them you would never in a million years know that they, they were written. You know when they were written. Alfie Bester is yeah. my all time favorite because you read Alfie Bester, it looks like he's written the today because yeah. he's so stylish and so off the wall. I mean he's just absolutely bonkers. Um, there, there's but, some there's some guys out there really guys and girls both that just. Mm-hmm. You got to get your hands on if you can get a chance. Um, I mean, sometimes they're dated, but that's you know. Yeah. Sometimes you got to you got to look at them when they were written, and and you know sometimes you can sort of go okay, the language sucks, but you know the the story's still good. I don't know if I told you about this one, but I hope this is right. I I hope someone else hears this and will check on it for me because I I'm too lazy to do it myself. But I heard that. Uh, there was, I think it was Levervox or someone like that who's, who does um, public, they do readings of books and they're all okay. volunteer. And the story goes, at least I heard, that they were going to update Robert Heinlein's, they're going to perform Robert Heinlein's classic story, Hey All You Zombies. Okay. And if you haven't heard it, it's a classic story. It's um, about time travel and such, and it, it deals with characters that are. are or trans, transgender, and but the, when the book was the story was written was back in the 1940s or 50s, right. so the language is really out of date. And the organizers of Leverwas contacted Jeannie Heinlein, who was still alive, mm-hmm. and asked permission to re to basically change the story only to update the language. Okay, and bless her soul, she agreed. 
So when they performed it, it uses current terminology oh, versus cool. when it was written. Cool. I just thought that was cool. I just like the fact yeah. that she was so said no problem. You know, you know, yeah. Bob would probably would not have a problem with it. You know, so I just mm-hmm. think it was kind of cool. But that's very cool. You know, and of course, one of our our best friends is you know a, a legend in science fiction. You know, Jean yeah. Marie Stein. You know, was yeah. an editor for I think Galaxy, and she was you know Roddenberry's assistant, and she yeah, wrote a lot of you know really quite famous books. I mean, her season of the witch. That's is, that is, is probably the seminal, mm-hmm. probably the seminal book of transgender science fiction in the modern mm-hmm. age. It's it's really an amazing read. I mean, it's one of those, um, and that is a book actually has a book of Harlan Ellison challenge uh, exactly championed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he brought actually. I think Harlan wrote the introduction. I can't remember. I think I he think did. So. It was made into a film too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. called Synapse, which is so funny. It's like it's one of those films. I I really think Jimmy is the best person I've. You know, I knew we both rave about yeah. her all the time, She's but the it was best. funny because the film was really just very barely her book but you know it's just like i think it's like just the skim of it is her book but yeah. she still has a poster of it in her living room of the it's of a the cool movie. book man if you get a copy of it Jean Marie gave me a copy and uh it's mm. it's, it's pretty heavy duty absolutely it really it's just like almost it's almost like a almost a stream of conscience and it's, it's really an amazing amazing read it's a good it's good stuff I think so get out great. there and read you my, my droogs Exactly. Get out there. Um, and of course, I have a big fondness. I'm, I think you do too. I have a fondness for new wave because it's just so bizarre. Yeah, you know, yeah, new wave science fiction is just yeah, warped, and I love it. I mean, I just, I just dearly love that kind of like yeah. psychedelic, you know, stream of consciousness. I mean, you know, like Zelazny and Ballard, and oh, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, Brunner, and I mean, just absolutely off Zelazny, the wall. Zelazny also, Zelazny's fantasy series, the, the Chronicles of Amber. Mm-hmm. Are you know you're pretty some of the most amazing things you're ever going to read in your life. Actually, I got to go back and reread them because I haven't read them in a while. And uh, did you know this problem? Like I, I go through the library of books that I have, and I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't read that in a while. And I forgot it, you know. And I got to mm-hmm. go back and read it. Like I'll, I'll grab an Al, uh, an Asimov or a Vonnegut, and I'm like I got to read this again, you know. And there's just so much shit, man. It's just like too much, you know. <laughs> Spend your whole life reading books, listen to music, you know. You can spend your whole life listening to Mickey Nong Vanilla if you wanted to. That's what you could do. Um, I'm exactly the same way. Every once in a while, I'll go through, like, I'm watching the Wild Wild West right now. Oh, that's a great show. You know, because it's like, you know, it's it's great. I mean, it's definitely kind of creaky in some places, but... You know, it's, I have this rule that if I can't remember every episode of a series, a series, I'll watch it again. Yeah. So, you know, after I just watched Columbo, now it's Wild Wild West. I oh, think that's you know, good stuff, in, man. You know, on the Columbo. near on the near horizon is Twin Peaks, um, but books oh, are yeah. the same way. I mean, books yeah. are the same way. I'll just sit down and read everything Bester ever wrote, and then I'll turn around and read everything Zelazny ever wrote, yeah, and then I'll sit down and read some of my other favorite writers. I'll just like yeah, go through. Yeah, could you turn on to them again, or? You were going through certain at the time you read them, and now your your life's not the same. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's an amazing thing. So you know, that's why I, I wonder about people who don't read all that much. You know, but I mean, like we do read a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, so keep yeah. So when you're not reading, though, you can listen to us. You listen to looking <laughs> up, you know. but um, all right, let's let's wrap it up because man, we we just we went around the board here. I definitely wanted to get your your read on AI. Well, I think um, AI is fascinating. I think people shouldn't be worried about it. Yeah, and don't. If, yeah. if anything, play with it. I mean, it's fun. I mean, there's so many cool things out there. And, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's disturbing how quickly it's going, but it's not going to take our jobs, steal our women. Yeah, don't worry. And, it's, you know, it's it's not going to, like, you know, uh, you know, 
you know, you know, make passes at our our partners or right, you know. Right. <laughs> it can't. It, can though if it wants take our kidney stones exactly if it wants our kidney stones it could take our kidney stones like that was for a certain person just, just, taking yeah, our jobs stealing our I'm women i'm sure he wouldn't you know? he wouldn't buy the ai taking his kidney stones all right kids listen this has been licking on vanilla you wasted another 45 some odd minutes listening to us this is going to be episode 49 so 50's coming and we got some stuff on the horizon i chris and then chris and i were also we just had a couple um Book uh, stories in a book too, Chris. That yes, I, that I yes, about. yes. Yeah. Well, t- what's the title? Is it Tales of the Uncanny or? An, an, yeah, I'm ten, I think it's number three, Tales of the Uncanny. Yep. So, yep. But that's what we're doing, g- kids. So, um, from me, Ralph Greco Jr. to Chris, otherwise known as M. Christian. We'll see you next time on Licking on Vanilla. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> and visit us on the web at www. Dot licking non vanilla dot com.